Hello and welcome to Not Just A Sports Report. Today I'm going to be jumping into my second NRL season preview for 2022. Uh, today I'm going to be jumping into the North Queensland Cowboys, having a look at their season. Now, I have to go to work. I've been self-isolating. I was a close contact to a COVID case. Luckily, I actually didn't end up getting it. So good result, but I have to go back to work. It is also extremely hot. Uh, I'm sweating right now. I had to turn the fan off, otherwise that's all you'd be able to hear. So I am absolutely sweating. I'm going to jump through this one a little bit quicker than maybe some of the other ones. I'm going to be going through all 16 NRL clubs and the season is not that far away. So I'll be getting through all 16 as quickly as I can. The Broncos one will be following this very shortly and then I will have my West Tigers preview out before the end of the weekend as well. And then I'll move on to next week. I'll do a few as well. So I'm going to jump in now. NRL Season Preview 2022, the North Queensland Cowboys. Alright, so ahead of this season, it's important first to look back at what we have seen from the Cowboys in the last couple of seasons. Now, North Queensland have had some really lean years in recent times. We, of course, had the Paul Green era of success, which led to their first ever premiership with Jonathan Thurston. Uh, and they were a little bit unlucky. I remember they signed Ben Barber before one season uh, a few years ago. And then Ben Barber, there was like the whole com uh, casino domestic violence thing so obviously he didn't deserve to be playing in the NRL but that wasn't Paul Green's fault or the Cowboys fault and Ben Barber would have really been a huge signing for them they also have lost a number of players over the years that have gone on to be huge stars so that has been an issue for them and then of course Paul Green eventually got sacked we saw him uh, go and do the Queensland Mar uh, Maroons not Marines bloody hell job um, last year so it's really interesting because the Cowboys, they had this great era of success with Jonathan Thurston, although they did have some last place or close to the bottom of the table finishes as well throughout that time. So it's really interesting. And then, of course, there was that season where Michael Morgan, uh, Matt Scott and Jonathan Thurston were out and the Cowboys had that crazy run to the finals, eventually losing to the Storm. But then it got to the point where it just didn't seem to be working with Paul Green. So... They got him out and they got Todd Payton in, who he inherited a team with some real stars, but also, sorry, a lot to be desired. There's some elite talent amongst the squad and Todd's task is going to be to get the best out of the likes of Jason Taumalolo, Valentine Holmes, Scott Drinkwater and Hamiso, or Hamiso, sorry, Tabuai Fido. Now, Payton did an excellent job of utilising his squad and getting the best out of his players last season. Uh, I'm thinking players like Murray Talagi or Talangi, uh, Tom Gilbert and Hailem or Hailem Lukey. I've got to work on the names ahead of the season, bloody hell. Now, as far as the coach goes, I actually really rate Todd Payton. I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, the first I really saw of him as a coach was when he was coaching the West Tigers under-20s a number of years ago now. Uh, the player that really interested me that season that played under Payton was Jacob Miller, I believe, played under him, who now plays in the Super League, but I thought he was going to go on to be a big NRL star. But Peyton is a great coach. I really wait, uh, rate him, not wait him, bloody hell. Uh, and I'm a Warriors fan, so 
Like, I really appreciate Todd Payton. I didn't rate Steve Kearney as the, our coach. Like, I think he's a great coach. I just didn't think it was a good fit. Uh, and when Todd Payton took over, I was like, this is the guy I want to be the long-term Warriors coach. So I was pretty disappointed when he signed with the Cowboys, but I do wish Todd Payton all the best. Now, in terms of the X-Factor player, Jason Palmololo undoubtedly is the X-Factor player. He's the player that is the game-breaker. They have invested so much time and money into him. They are paying him a hell of a lot of money over a substantial period of time. So that is really interesting. Uh, now, if you've listened to the Rugby League Guru podcast, you would have heard him say that, you know, he thinks Ruben Cotter would make an excellent lock forward and then maybe play Talmalolo in the front row. Or I've, I even think in the second row he might be good, running at like halves. But it seems like, yeah, I don't know if he's a lock at this stage in his career unless he's going to add uh, some extra elements to his game. But we also saw Peyton kind of minimizing his time on the field. So I think the lock, I think Patel Malola would be better suited to the second row or to the front row. And then even if he's in the second row, then like he can play more minutes as well. And I agree with the rugby league guru. I do think Ruben Cotter is the best uh, option for the number 13 jersey at the Cowboys. Now, another really interesting thing is just Jason, Jason, fucking hell. Uh, Jason Taumalolo's vaccination status, which I'm not going to go into that too much because honestly, there are a couple of things in my podcast I was like, are people just, people aren't tuning in to hear about this. And that is uh, COVID pandemic chat. And to be honest, Jake Paul and Logan Paul, unless they do something really, really big, then I'm just not going to cover it because there are enough places covering it. But I did think this was an important note uh, in terms of my prediction for how the Cowboys are going to go this season. Now, it's not any of my business, actually, or uh, really anyone's business. I don't think they should be posting this um, sort of stuff. I would rather hear maybe about, you know, if Jason Tamalolo says he's not at training because he hasn't had the jab, then I'm sure he's at training as well, but this is just an example. Then it's like, I would rather hear about, like, who who the players the young players going well at Cowboys training? Those are the cow, kind of um, media media articles I would love to be reading. But to be honest, I just I don't read any of the articles to do with like vaccination status and stuff because I'm just like to be honest, yeah, I'm vaccinated. I'm I'm like double vaccinated, but then I also have friends who aren't, and it's just such a complex situation. We are already divided enough as it is so I'm not going to get too far into it but if Jason Tamalolo isn't uh, vaccinated then I tell you who will get far into it and that is the stadiums the state-owned stadiums so that is why that is an interesting note we saw what happened with John Asiata where he signed with the Bulldogs but he decided that uh, his personal choice was not to get vaccinated and he looks like he's going to play in the English Super League now or uh, the league below sorry uh, at the Featherstone Rovers, but he had to sever the Bulldogs and uh, Asiata had to mutually sorry, part ways. So could we see Talmalolo miss a substantial amount of footy this season? That is one really interesting note. Uh, and either way, like it, it's his personal choice if he decides that he would pr- prefer not to. And they, they give up a hell of a lot of money. So they, it's obviously, you know, it's something that means a lot to them if they're willing to give up 
that kind of money. So I think it'll be a really interesting season, uh, sorry, situation as the season goes on. Uh, and if Tamalolo does miss a substantial amount of footy, then that really puts the Cowboys in an unenviable position where I think they'd probably be a bottom four side. Now, in terms of the player to watch, the young player who made his debut against the Eels in round 23 last year, I think we are going to see more of him. Uh, I'm just working out how exactly to pronounce his first name. It's either Lightyear or Lightyear. Lightyear. I'm just going to go with Lightyear. Lightyear. Mossadraki. So Mossadraki is a really young winger who is an extremely talented and quick try-scoring guy, I guess. That's a pretty poor... Poor description, but yeah, he's the one to watch. I think the Cowboys do have some struggles in terms of depth in their outside backs. So Mossadraki is one to absolutely watch. I think he'll be getting a lot more game time as the season progresses, and if we see injuries and suspensions and the like, I do think he will step up. Another interesting thing as well is if the COVID uh, situation does kind of happen, say players get, say like we keep the season going, but some players test positive and we keep the season going and we try to develop plays. So we put the younger or Queensland New South Wales Cup guys in and some of the Jersey flag who look really promising and just give them a year of really good development at a high level. Now, obviously that could hurt them. We've seen what happened with the Broncos situation, but I think the young players and some of the reserve grade players do deserve it because they've basically missed two seasons of footy. So I think if we could step like the really good ones up to that level, and if it's across the board, now it might get out of control, but we'll, I play things day by day. This isn't even an issue yet, but if it is, then the Cowboys do have some really good young players in their Jersey Flake, or Hastings, Daring's Colts side, sorry, that's the Queensland under-21s, and the Queensland Cup affiliates Northern Pride are not too bad, and... In terms of their outside back depth, like I said, Mossadraki is an option. They've obviously got Kane Bradley as well and a couple of others. But if they need to lean on some of their Queensland Cup guys, they've got Khalifa Faifailoa, who plays for the Townsville Blackhawks, who they could use. He's played in the NRL before if they don't want to, you know, bring a young guy up too early. Faifailoa is not too bad of an option if he remains, like, decent. It remains, sorry, I can't even speak English remains in decent form throughout the Queensland Cup season. And they also have Josh Hoffman, the former Bronco, Eel and Titan. Now, he was playing left centre predominantly last year for the Townsville Blackhawks, but he can also play on the wing, he can play on the right side as well, and he can play fullback. Obviously, he wanted to be a fullback uh, during his Brisbane days. That didn't end up really eventuating from him, but he was all right when he did play fullback. So they do have options in terms of the Queensland Cup guys, which I think is a massive bonus if we do see the COVID disruptions throughout the season. Now, speaking of disruptions, another big one is that there's been a lot of media talk. I don't know how true it is that Scott Drinkwater might be on the way to the Knights, or I'm sure there are plenty of other clubs chasing him. But even just to think maybe Scott Drinkwater is going to leave the club is a really interesting one. Now, I know they've got Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend, but Dearden didn't have really any success last year at the Cowboys or the Broncos, and I think he just needs time to find his feet either in the number 14 jersey or just get him playing Queensland Cup and just build his confidence up because I still think he's going to be a great player, but he just needs time to build his confidence up. But if Scott Drinkwater goes before, because we see it all the time during an NRL season, it'll be like one week, 
uh, a player will be wearing one jersey. Best example I can give from last season from my team, the Warriors, it's like one week Matt Lodge is at the Broncos and it's like, okay. And then the next week he's in a Warriors jersey. And I'm like, fuck yeah, sweet. So there could be potential that we see maybe like Luke Brooks, I think could be one who moves if the Tigers don't go too well. Maybe we see him move to like the Bulldogs or something before the deadline. Uh, and if we see Scott Drinkwater move, then I think uh, uh, English deteriorating. That's not what I think. I think if Scott Drinkwater isn't playing, and then especially with the Taumalolo situation, then I think the uh, Cowboys could be in spoon contention, which I do really like them as a side, but that's just kind of what I'm analyzing. Now, I rate Scott Water as a... Uh, Scott Water? What am I even analyzing? I can't even speak English for fuck's sake. Uh, I rate Scott Drinkwater as a 5'8 for the Cowboys. Now, some people believe that his best position is fullback. I think if he moves to another team, then definitely he could be a great fullback at another team. But the Cowboys situation is just such a strange one. Uh, and I do think that Scott Drinkwater is really handy in the halves too. If you just give him a chance to continue to develop, then I think we will see even better things from Scott Drinkwater. For the Cowboys fans, hopefully it's for your team, but I really don't know. There has been a bit of chat, and sometimes where there is smoke, there is fire. Now, we've also got Tabuai Fado, the hammer. Now, he played left center last year predominantly for the Cowboys. He also played left center for the Queensland Maroons. So do you try him again in left center? Well, it looks like Todd Payton, towards the back end of last season, and what I think he's going to do here is go Tabuai Fado for the fullback position and uh, Valentine Holmes to the left center position. So I actually really like Hammer as the first choice fullback. I think he's going to develop anyway into the long-term option for the club. Uh, is it too early for him to do it, uh, to make the move? I don't think so. Uh, like you've got other options like Valentine Holmes and such, but then you've just always got the chat. Like if Cowboys aren't going well and Holmes is at fullback, it's like, What's Holmes' best position? So I think you just throw Tabuay Fado in there early, give him a chance to really build in confidence, and give him like the first 10 games or something, see how he goes. If he's going really bad, then change it. But I think you just pick and stick. If you want him as your first choice fullback, uh, I think you just make it work. Because we have seen him things in the past. I remember Paul McGregor at the Dragons. There was one preseason a couple of years ago. He'd been training Zach Lomax all year, or all preseason, sorry, in the fullback position. I think he played the first game of the season at fullback and then just like Paul McGregor gave up on it. So I think it is important to really give them a chance to develop in the position and then you can actually judge and see how they're going. But we'll see going forward what Todd Payton thinks as for what his best lineup is. I do think once Tabuai Fado finds his feet that he will be an electrifying excitement machine, which he already is. He's played Origin now and he has potential to carve up given the increased speed of the modern game. Now, one thing with the fullback role is that elite defense is a huge requirement. So it will take some time for Hamaso to get to that level, but I have every faith that he can be a top-level fullback in the game for years to come. Maybe not a top-level fullback in the 2022 season, but if you let him find his feet and you build the team around him, uh, and you kind of balance your salary cap, because at the moment it could be out of whack because of how much they're paying Malolo, which they're limiting his minutes and they don't even really know what his best position is. So I think you've got to give Tabuai Fado some time in the position, but long term, I think he's going to be one of the great fullbacks in the game. Uh, reminds me, different skill set, but it's like when the Cowboys had Matty Bowen for years, 
just this exciting, super quick, skillful, like if Tabio Fado, maybe even get Matty Bowen down to the club. I don't know if he's at the club working in any capacity at the moment. If he's not, get him down there. Get him to teach them like passing skills and kicking skills because that was what Matty Bowen was really good at. That was that extra element that I don't think Fido, uh, Tabio Fido quite has yet. But get Matt Bowen down there and just run some drills, you know, some passing drills. Because if you can get Tabio Fido to get his really like his playmaking and his defense in order, then he's already got the speed and all the natural ability and he seems like he's been working really hard. So I think all the makings are there for Tabuai Fado to be the Cowboys' number one first-choice fullback, but we're going to see as the season progresses uh, exactly how that all unfolds. Now, heading into the season, I don't think that many people would say the Cowboys are in premiership contention. In fact, I don't think anyone other than Cowboys fans would say that they are in contention for a premiership. So why not start placing the building blocks for the foundation of the team for years to come? That's kind of my headspace with putting Fido, uh, Tabuai Fido at fullback and picking and sticking. Now, the Cowboys have also signed Luciano Leilua for 2023, so not this season, but next season. I'm sure they'll be agitating for an early release, though, So, but it will be interesting. Maybe we do see Luci- uh, Luciano Leilua. Maybe they'll do a play him swap. Uh, player? Play him? Fucking hell. Uh, player swap with, like, Luki or someone. So it could be interesting. We may see Luciano Leilua in the Cowboys outfit this season. They do have some really good young back rowers. Now, one or two of them may end up leaving the club, but they actually have a wealth of really quality young back rowers. So sometimes you've got to lose some to keep some, you know? Fucking legit. Now, Valentine Holmes, is he going to be playing on the wing this season? I actually don't mind him as a centre. I think Murray Talangi... Uh, Deserves to be on the left side as well. I would play Murray on the left wing and I would have Valentine Holmes in the left center position. That way you can still utilize his hard running and he's got good passing skills from his time at fullback. So he's a great winger, like it seems to be his best position, but I think he can develop into a really strong center as well. That's why I don't think the Cowboys are going to go too well this season, but if they just persist, like there are, there is potential for these positions to really work out, having Hamaso at fullback and Valentine Holmes at left centre. Now, Chad Townsend is going to be the first choice half at halfback with Tom Dearden to be the backup, which Chad Townsend, uh, just a quick shout out to him because he wasn't going too well at the Sharks and then he did struggle at the Warriors, but he came back to the Warriors, my team, which he also came there when he was a young prospect at the Sharks. So shout out to Chad Townsend for fucking coming over and playing at the Warriors when we were struggling. And then he went back and won a premiership with the Sharks, which James Maloney also was a guy who came to the Warriors and did really well. And then he left and he won a premiership. So bad omens for the Warriors. Unfortunately, it seems to happen. Players seem to leave and get better. But the culture at the Warriors, this isn't about the Warriors, but they are my team. Uh, and Todd Payton did co- uh, coach them. But the culture is changing because they stayed in the country. Uh, all the sacrifices they made since the pandemic, the culture and the perception around the Warriors has definitely changed. And we've seen now they are signing players who are going over and playing really well, which wasn't always the case. Like Reese Walsh, Josh Curran, Tohi Harris, who we signed from the Storm. Like There was that thing like, oh, no one goes from the storm and succeeds. Well, Tori Harris has been awesome. He's going to be our captain 
going into the season. So I think the Warriors are in in a good place. But this is about the Cowboys, who uh, they're in an all right place. They could make the eight. They actually pushed for it last year, but I'm not envisioning them in my top eight. Now, I'm wondering as well, has Tom Dearden been scarred by the pressure that was heaped on him by the media really early on in his career? When he was like 17, like even earlier, it's been like through pretty much since he, I don't even know. I'm sure we'd be surprised if we knew just when the articles and stuff were starting. Tom Dearden would probably know, but I don't know Tom Dearden personally, unfortunately. But I'm wondering, would he be scarred by that experience at the Broncos? He came over to the Cowboys for a fresh start, but didn't have a preseason with them, and they really struggled. Hopefully, with a good preseason, it can really set him up to have a great year. I'd like to see him start in the Queensland Cup at either the Cutters, uh, the Mackay Cutters, Northern Pride, or Townsville Blackhawks. And then, if there's an injury, Chad Townsend had quite a few injuries last year. Uh, and if Scott Drinkwater leaves, then Tom Dearden will have his time where he can be playing first grade in the halves this season. But I think you start him in Queensland Cup and just let him find his confidence. But we'll see over the trials as well, kind of how things play out in that regard. Now, Reese Robson is my most underrated player at the Cowboys. I think he doesn't get enough raps. He is really important to their success. I think if he gets injured... That's another thing that could really contribute to the Cowboys going poorly. Uh, they do have backups in Reuben Cotter and Jake Granville, but Reese Robson 100% should be their first choice hooker. I, I remember he came through the Dragons. He was a great prospect, uh, and he hasn't been in the best side. There's been great, like good players, but they just haven't had the best setup. I think if they can build a better team and sign some guys uh, in the next couple of seasons, then Reese Robson can be one of the best hookers in the game I think he can be in contention for the New South Wales Blues origin dummy half position once Damien Cook eventually steps down because he's quite a bit older Damien Cook he uh it'll be interesting to see how many years Damien has left in the origin arena but he's still playing some unbelievable footy they made the Rabbitohs made the grand final last season Now, 2021 for the Cowboys was a very average season. There were glimpses of brilliance throughout that do suggest this could be a top eight side. But uh, just with the changes, like the changes can be hit or miss. And I don't know. I just can't, I can't put the Cowboys in my top eight this season. But I will be more than happy to eat my words and see them make the top eight in the finals this year. I'd be happy to see them win the whole season. So I guess that's the best way that I can put it. Now, just quickly, I'll have a look at the Cowboys' first five games to start the NRL season this year, just to see what kind of start and foundation they can kind of get off to um, in 2022. In round one, they'll be playing the Bulldogs in Townsville, which is a very winnable game, but the Bulldogs do have some great signings as well. So that'll be a great round one matchup. Then in round two, the Cowboys will also be playing in Townsville against the Raiders. That is also another winnable matchup, but also another losable one. They're two really good matchups uh, where I can see either team winning and I can see either team losing it for themselves. The same goes for the round three uh, matchup, not fight. Sorry, I've been doing a bit of UFC stuff. Uh, Suncorp Stadium. So the first four, the first five games... The first five games of the Cowboys season are all in Queensland. So this actually shapes as very important. If they can win, 
most of these games, all of a sudden they could be a real surprise packet of the season. So we'll wait and see as to how they go. Now, after they play the Broncos in round three, which is another winnable game, that's another very close game. Then they'll play the Roosters in Townsville, which is a very tough game, but it's in Townsville. So if the Cowboys win that, and they say they win their two out of their first three, and then they beat the Roosters, there's potential. There's definitely potential there for the Cowboys. I just, I don't know. I'd be happy to see them succeed. I'll give you a spoiler alert. They're not, in my prediction, they are not going to be making the top eight. But looking at the start, it's very winnable. Now, then they'll play in Redcliffe in round five, which is also in Queensland, against the Warriors. So they're definitely going to get smashed in that game. Nah, actually another very winnable game. Cowboys have the players that can really trouble the Warriors. Uh, so very close games, except for the Roosters one. And a really, really interesting start for the Cowboys. They also play the Titans in round seven in Townsville. So... Six out of their first seven games are in Queensland, and one of those games is going to be in Canberra. So just completely freezing cold, but the rest in Queensland. So that sets the Cowboys up with a great foundation to be successful. Now I'm going to move on from their draw, and I'll have a quick look at their gains and their losses. Now looking at their losses first, they have had Michael Morgan retire, which Unfortunately, as I said, I'm going to make this a quicker podcast. Otherwise, I would have gone into this in greater detail. But Michael Morgan is a huge, monumental loss to the side. That's what I think will really hinder them in their push for the top eight. But they have got Chad Townsend in, so they have made an effort to replace him and get an NRL-quality halfback in there. They've also lost Corey Jensen to the Broncos, who he played a bit of NRL, mostly off the bench, but... Mainly a fringe player. They've lost Francis Molo, who played for Queensland Maroons last year. He's gone to the Dragons. Justin O'Neill, the uh, two-time Premiership winner. He won at the Storm and the Cowboys. He has retired. He wasn't playing his best football for a while, but that was another thing that had kind of hindered them because he was such a great part of their back line uh, for when they were really successful. They've lost Shane Wright to the Salford Red Devils. They have lost Peter Holler to the Raiders which I think could be an underrated loss. And Javid Bowen, unfortunately, has had to retire early after he got cut by the Cowboys a couple of years ago, and then he had to play in the Queensland Cup and earn his way back. And then he got a training trial deal last season, and then he got the Cowboys contract, and then he broke into the team throughout the season and was playing first grade. So really unfortunate for Javid, but congratulations to him on a great career. Now, just before I make my... Whoa... I don't know, I don't know what, uh, I've got my headphones on recording this and my computer's making all sorts of beeps and my phone charger, it's, so I don't know if you can hear this, I do apologise if you've got all this crazy beeping, but the reaction that I just had, there was like, there's just a lot of beeping and crazy shit going on, so you probably didn't hear it, but I heard it. Now, let's have a quick look at the Cowboys top 30, then I'll make my prediction and wrap it up. Where the fuck is this top 30? I've got it, so you're getting the raw version here. I'm just, I'm going, I'm going through. Now, where the fuck are the Cowboys? Sorry, my my language. Cowboys, where are you guys? Come on. Uh, This isn't my fault. This is the Cowboys' fault. Here we go. We've got them. Okay, top 30 for the North Queensland Cowboys. We've got Dejan Arcee, who 
He's a really quality young player. He can play 5'8", fullback, uh, center. Kane Bradley, who's a winger, came over from the Tigers last year. Lachlan Burr, who last year came over from the Warriors. He'd been coached by Todd Payton previously at the Warriors. Benjamin Condon, who had played a fair bit under Payton last year. Ruben Cotter, who signed long-term. He's going to be one of the major parts of their club going forward. Tom Dearden, I've spoken about him. Scott Drinkwater. Mitchell Dunn, coming off contract this year. Tom Gilbert, coming off contract this year. I think the Redcliffe Dolphins might have a look at him. Kyle Felt, of course, scored the grand final winning try a few years ago. Oh, although it was Thurston's field goal, but it was it was Felt's try and Morgan's pass. Uh, Jake Granville, of course, we know him. He was in the Premiership outfit. Ben Hampton, Cohen Hess, who I think is best played in the middle. Uh, he's a really interesting one as well. He is someone who needs to step up for the Cowboys this year if they want to be good. Uh, it's going on in leaps and bounds, and he, he looks more elite, but he's got to keep working hard, which I'm sure he is. I haven't seen, and I would almost guarantee 100% he's working his ass off. The club would be making him work his ass off. But I just don't want to have like a Dave Taylor situation of like this wrecking ball, and it may not be his fault because there has been a hell of a lot of pressure and expectation placed on him to be this elite, game-breaking, hectic, young Ford, and he's still very young. Um, so, yeah, I just don't want it to be a Dave Taylor situation where, like, it's this big wrecking ball who just never reaches their full potential. Although he's already won a premiership and played Origin, but I think that expectation is more from him, and he would expect more from himself. So big season for Cohen Hess. Also, the consistency and ball control has been the Cowboys' biggest downfall, so they are going to need to improve rapidly if they wish to compete in the finals this season. Back to the Cowboys' top 30, they have got uh, Petahiku. Oh yeah, I forgot to do the gains. Uh, the gains for the Cowboys, they've got three notable gains. The Petahiku from the Warriors, who I love, he's one of my favourite players. Uh, I think he'll be an awesome addition. The Cowboys really needed to strike centre. And Pedahiku in the modern game, I think he suits the Cowboys lineup to a T. They also signed Jermaine Tanoa Brown from the Warriors, who he probably wouldn't have been getting a heap of minutes. I think that's great. I think he'll get a lot more time in first grade at the Cowboys. And they signed Chad Townsend from the Sharks slash Warriors. So they've kind of signed three players from the Warriors, although the Cowboys had actually signed Chad Townsend before he went over to the Warriors last season. Uh, back to the top 30, so Petahiku, huge addition. Valentine Holmes, he's there long term. They've got Luciano Leilua coming from next season, but potentially this one. Connolly Lemulu, who is the centre, who he's been training in the second row this preseason, which is an interesting note. Hylim or Helim Luki, sorry if I'm getting your name wrong, he's a great back rower. It'll be interesting to see whether he remains at the club. I could see him, uh, uh, he might have already signed with the West Tigers. Uh, I can't remember, but may, I can see Lukey or Nanai maybe getting swapped for Leilua uh, so they can get him this year. Now, Jordan McLean, he came over from the Storm, hasn't really reached his potential uh, at the Cowboys. He reached his potential at the Storm, and he's still really good at the Cowboys, but I don't know. It just hasn't really worked out for him there. Mossadriki, who I mentioned earlier, he's the young gun to watch. Jeremiah Nanai, an awesome back rower. Griffin Neem, he is a really good prospect. I think he's going to be in the Cowboys' best 17 for the next 5 to 10 years at least. 
Uh, Emre Pere, he's, he's going to be trying to break into the side. Reese Robson, Hamaso Tabuai Fado, Murray Taolangi, Jason Taumalolo, Jermaine Taunau Brown, and Chad Townsend. And on their development list, they've brought Jordan Lisp, uh, Jordan Lisp, Jordan Lisp, uh, Jordan Lip in from the Townsville Blackhawks. He was playing in the under 21s. He is a center winger. They've got Riley Price, the son of Queensland Maroons, uh, legend uh yeah and australian kangaroos legend and warriors fucking legend and former captain and what else was he bulldogs premiership captain even though he didn't get to play in the grand final he was the captain and he is a premiership captain steve price his son riley price a really talented back rower who i also think will be in the lineup for years to come unless a club like the dolphins come and pry him away uh, so Riley Price, a great prospect. And then there's Tyrese Woods, who I think he might be a an outside back, but I'm not 100% sure. That's the first I've really seen the name. So that is the Cowboys' top 30. Uh, and so I'm going to wrap it up with my prediction, official prediction for their season, and, yeah, and just kind of why I have them in that position. So my official prediction for the North Queensland Cowboys' NRL 2022 season, I have got them in 15th, unfortunately. Sorry, Cowboys fans. So I've got them in 15th. I know they have the great start where they can make a really big impact, but if they lose most of those games, then I think they're going to struggle. I don't know what the goal is with Tamalolo. Uh, I really hope we get to see him play, and I hope he gets to make a decision that he feels comfortable with. So, but it's just a note. It's definitely a note. Like if I'm predicting the season, it's it's really hard because I'm I don't want to mind fuck myself by being like, is this player gonna you know who's gonna get which club's gonna be affected potentially by cases potentially none because if they have them in the bubble, which is really unfortunate. I honestly I know they probably won't because of the TV deals and such, but I wouldn't even mind if they just got to live out of the bubble. Uh, they can still have you know measures in place to keep everything all G and then just have young development players and Queensland New South Wales Cup guys that can step in but I think because of the TV deals we'll probably see them in some kind of bubble hopefully not all season I would love to see the fucking Warriors play in New Zealand so trust me I want to see you know the best season possible I want to see the season go ahead I want everything to be okay pandemic wise because the fucking Warriors we need to be playing in New Zealand. We need to be playing in New Zealand, especially if a Christchurch team is going to be the next uh, franchise added to the NRL. So I've got the Cowboys in 15th. Uh, just the Scott uh, Drinkwater thing's a question mark. Chad Townsend's a question mark. I think he could be like exactly what they need at halfback, but he's also had his injuries and form worries. Uh, Tom Dearden is a question mark. Tabuai Fado. Best position, question mark. Valentine Holmes, best position, question mark. Tamalolo, best position, question mark. Cohen Hess, question mark. So if they all fire, they could be a top four team. They could be a premiership contender, but it's about them all firing. I think Todd Payton will do a great job to get them up, but I do think the media, the media are fucking savages. I think they're going to heap a ton of pressure on Todd Payton. I think it's unwarranted. I think he deserves three or four years in total in total to kind of try and sort the Cowboys situation out um, because, yeah, 
They just, they have a weird salary cap. They had Michael Morgan, who was taking up a ton of cash, and Jason Taumalolo, and they deserved that cash, but now it's like Taumalolo, if he's playing less minutes, you've got to yeah, spend wisely. That's why I think Townsend actually is a good signing at halfback, because you're not paying for like an elite level halfback, but you're still paying for a very, very good one, who's also won an NRL premiership in the number seven jersey, the only person to ever do that for the Cronulla Sharks. So I think you get him on a little bit less coin than maybe, say, Adam Reynolds. Uh, although Reynolds did sign for less at the Broncos, but that's because they're probably a bit better better setup. So yeah, Chad Townsend, he's a good value signing, and that kind of balances it out because a lot of that extra money would be spent on Taumalolo. Uh, and then, yeah, with Morgan retiring, that does free up some salary cap, but they'll have to be showing signs of improvement if they want to be able to attract players to the club going forward. So I've got the Cowboys in 15th. I do think they'll be in contention for the Spoon. Hopefully for them and their fans, they are actually premiership contenders, and hopefully they can make the finals. But this is my predictions, NRL season preview and predictions. So I had to make a prediction, and unfortunately... Going through all the teams and how I think they are going to go, I've got the Cowboys in 15th, so that's my second NRL season preview done of 16. I have the uh, Canterbury Bulldogs, last season's uh, Wooden Spooners, that's what it's called. I have them finishing in 14th, I still think they are going to have some trouble, but eventually, I think the season after, they're going to be top 8, potentially, even if they go well this year, top 4 contenders, so... Really bright uh, future for the Bulldogs, but I don't think they're going to have a huge season this year. Just a lot of question marks like the Cowboys. So I've got the Bulldogs in 14th. I've got the Cowboys who finished 15th last year. I've got them finishing 15th again, which is really worrying. Hopefully Peyton can see out the year if this is how it all plays out. But it is worrying because that is no sign of improvement. Two second last finishes. I do think they're going to be in contention for the Spoon, although they have an unbelievable roster with some really talented players, but yeah, it's just, uh, I'm just going on gut feeling again. Who, who the fuck am I? How many NRL games have I played? So it really, honestly, if you get worked up at how my predictions, just remember that, yeah, it's enjoyable content. We enjoy uh, content around NRL and talking about it or listening about uh, listening to it, but what does my opinion mean in the grand scheme? This is all just for fun or to enjoy listening to and to get excited about the NRL because overall, if you're listening to this, it's more about your excitement for the NRL season. So if you're offended by my picks or you think they're shit, it really doesn't matter. This is just my pick. It's all for fun. Uh, and I've been watching NRL for a lot of years. This is my pick. I am going. The motherfucking... Sorry. No, I'm not even sorry, actually. Uh, the... Cowboys, North Queensland Cowboys, to finish 15th this year. Best of luck to them. I hope they finish much higher on the ladder. Hopefully it is a very fruitful season for them. Uh, I, I just went 15th. That's what I went. Sue me. So that is my prediction. I've got Bulldogs in 14th, Cowboys in 15th. On a, This has been not just a sports report. That's what I was going to say. And the Brisbane Broncos preview will be next, in uh, either tomorrow or the next day. And then the Tigers one will be out by the end of the weekend as well. So a lot of NRL content to look forward to. If you want to hear all those podcasts, you can follow me on Spotify. Then you're going to see 
whenever new podcast content is dropped. And you can follow me on Instagram as well at Not Just a Sports Report. And you'll also see the posts of other podcasts. There's news. There's all sorts of stuff over there. I'm also going to delve eventually. Uh, I've got a lot of projects. I ran some polls on the page just to see what kind of content everyone was feeling. And <clears throat> there's quite a few things like one-on-one guests coming up or one-on-one chats with guests coming up. New release movie re- movie reviews. Sorry, I heard something. No, no one's there. Okay. Uh, new release movie reviews. I'm going to go to the motherfucking cinema, get myself some delicious movie popcorn. Honestly, the best part. I'm going to watch some new movies coming out that have some hype, and then I'll be releasing some reels, so some video content over on the Instagram page, not just a sports report, where I'll be reviewing uh, new movies. And I'll also be doing some food reviews. Going to have all kinds of guests on. I'm working on a Twitch project. I'm also working on a YouTube project to eventually get up and running with plenty of video content. So it's all it's all happening. It's all happening at the moment. I'm going to wrap it up. I've got to get ready for work. So this has been not just a sports report, NRL 2022 North Queensland Cowboys season preview. Until next time, take care.